Welcome back to A Thousand True Crimes. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. How about you? First episode of the new year. Yeah, 2021. How was your New Year's? It was good. We had a good time. We saw yeah. fireworks, which we weren't going to see fireworks, but we got lucky and we saw some anyways, so that was nice. Oh, <laughs> good. So it's like known um, Hawaii, they like shoot off fireworks like crazy mm. on major holidays. And it's technically like illegal, but it's kind of like one of those things people just like, it's so much part of the culture mm-hmm. that it just like people turn a blind eye. And it was, I saw videos of it and it was insane. Tons. Insane. The amount. Oh, these aren't like the fireworks that are like, like little poppers or like little sparklers or like the stuff that like you can shoot off in little in neighborhoods. This is like legit fireworks almost. Okay. I'll have to like try to find a, the video and tag you in it. Yeah. It was, it's insane. I was going to say, or, like, I need to my, look this up. Like obviously on base, we can't shoot off anything, but like I could see flashes in the sky yeah yeah and then my in-law my brother-in-law they lived on the other side of the island and they said it was like a war zone oh my god it was just like pop 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 pop, like just constantly that's cool they had they were like yeah we had to give the dogs like cbd oil or whatever that's called (laughs) just to chill them out i was like oh poor babies no kidding so well that sounds fun yeah yeah our new year's we just hung out drank way too much i know me and my hubby have been drinking too much we gotta like tone it down (laughs) it's a relative it's a relative scale (laughs) i know sorry um so speaking of drinking what are you drinking i have another press i need to go to the store um i had wine last night but then i drank it all so (laughs) now i've just got some (laughs) yeah Yesterday, um, I went and got wine. Like when when uh, my husband was blah, 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 when my husband was running some errands, and I like will just walk to the store, and um, I picked up some wine. And he called me. He was like, "You said you didn't have any wine, right?" And I was like, "Yeah, no, but I went to the store because we're like a five minute walk from the store." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Damn it, I just bought you a box of wine. It's like four bottles." Aww, you're like, "Listen, honey, <laughs> I'll drink it." <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, literally, I know. I'm like, I got to get back. I mean, it's not like it's going to go bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. And it's like, yeah, it's like good for 30 days, I think, once you open it, which is like equivalent to like three days in this household. That's so sweet that he was um, thinking of you, though. Yeah, he's like, damn it. And I was like, yeah, I got a big bottle, too. <laughs> so you're stacked. So I'm stacked, and I'm drinking my Sauvignon Blanc, my favorite. Yummy, yummy. Um. Yeah, hold on one second. Let me turn off my dryer because I feel like it's super loud. Okay, can you hear it? All right. Okay, it's down. All right. All right. So the story we are talking about today is Mm -hmm. the disappearance of Heather Elvis. Oh, joy. Have you heard this one? I haven't. I don't think so. I think if you saw her photo. um, I'd remember it. You like, yeah, it was back in like 2013, 20, you know. So, okay. um, okay, yeah. So, I got, of course, ID has a uh, has a two had a two hour special, um, on it. It's called Disappeared into the Darkness. 
Um, and then, yeah. And then I got a lot of information just from like people dot, like people.com, local news stations. Okay. Um, so we'll have all that there. Okay. Yeah. And of course, like Wikipedia, which if this was a college paper, I don't think would be allowed, right? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Use Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So a little background info on Heather. Okay. Heather Elvis was born June 30th, 1993. So she's not much younger than us. Mm, she's little, yeah. I mean, no, not by much, but yeah. she's still, yeah. Um, and she was from Horry County, South Carolina. She was the middle child. And she had an mm. older brother and a younger sister. And her her and her younger sister were, like, were pretty close. They're about like four years apart. She was fun loving. She loved to draw. She, she was like the typical, like like not typical, but like she would walk into a room and she'd lit it, like light it up, and everybody yeah. had fun around her. She's like she's somebody that you and I would definitely have been friends with. No, okay. Like she's just like a good time. Yeah. Um, she loved to help people, and Aww. she got her cosmetology license in high school. And so after high school graduation, she moved to Carolina Forest, South Carolina. And that's kind of down like by Myrtle Beach area. And she worked at Tilted Kilt. And the day that that she went missing, Tilted Kilt is kind of like, like it's a restaurant slash bar. And it's where they like, it's kind of like the Hooters theme idea. All the girls are in like um, like short kilts. Okay. Yeah. They okay. wear, like, a little bra, and they have, like, tie their shirt up atop and stuff like that. Like, Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so the day that she actually went missing, she had just gotten hired to do makeup at a local salon. Oh, no. And she was 20 years old when she went missing on December 18th, 2013. God damn it. So right before Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Jesus Christ. So when she was working at the Tilted Kill, all the employees got treated to this, like, baseball game. And after the game, everyone came back to the restaurant, and they were all, you know, hanging out on employees, like, partying, drinking. And Heather went outside to the patio, and this is where she actually met um, this guy that she started dating. Okay. Um, His name was Sidney Moore. This is when she met Sidney Moore. And he – before I get too far into this, um, everybody is innocent until proven guilty. Okay. You know? Like – um, Chelsea's going to try and be PC, and I'm about to be making some wild accusations. All right. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so everyone is, you know, innocent and or even guilty. They, you know, Sydney Moore and Tammy, they do get charged with uh, some crimes. Um, but just, you know, want to make sure we don't get sued. <laughs> so this is when she met Sydney Moore that night. Okay. Um, so they start talking and pretty much like right away she had a crush on him and he then started kind of like showing interest in her pretty quickly as well. So he would come in like on his days, like he worked at night for the restaurant, fixing things around the restaurant. So like during the day he would come in and bring her like food and drinks and like just to say a quick hi and flirt and all that fun stuff. And the relationship though quickly evolves. And one day Heather actually had her phone charging in her manager's office, Jessica. And this message popped up from Sydney 
And like the phone just kept going off and off and off and off. So of course, like Jessica's like, "What the fuck, dude?" She peeks. Like she <laughs> sees it. Yeah, she peeks. <laughs> She's like, "Okay, this is annoying. Like, if you're gonna like have your phone back here, at least like put it on silent." Mm-hmm. Um, and she sees that the messages are from Sydney. And she's, like, shocked about what she's reading. And she actually sees a message about them, like, having sex on the back patio of Tilted Kilt. Oh. Like, yeah. So, and Heather was under the impression, like, that he was going to leave his wife. And she um, she knew that he was married. Wait, didn't, Sydney's like, married? It kind of seemed like he was playing it. Mm-hmm. He's married. Okay. 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 Um. So, he... She, like, believed that he was going to leave his wife. And I kind of feel like he did, like, with what a lot of guys do to young, naive girls is say, like, they're going to do this and that, you know, I love you. I only want to be with you. I'm going to divorce my wife. And this time. Was he he much older than her? Yes. I'll get into his background in a second. This is kind of just like the relationship. Yeah. Okay. All right. So. The relationship grows, and you could tell that, like, she did love him, and he kind of, like, like, the way that they looked at each other was very lovingly, like, people noticed. There was And there. at the end of October, yeah, beginning of November, though, Heather starts getting pretty disturbing text messages. And she isn't, like, 100% sure who is sending her these messages, but the messages are, like, threatening her, calling her names, and she finally mm. gets a message saying, hey, sweetie, ready to meet the missus? So mm. Sydney's wife, Tammy, is texting her, mm. like, horrible things. Oh. One time Poor she Tammy. even called Heather over 60 times in one day. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah. And when Heather found out that Tammy knew what was going on with the affair, she was pretty terrified about what Tammy would do and capable of doing at one part at one point she actually gets a text message and it's a picture of sydney performing oral sex on a female and you can't see the face Uh, of the female but it's believed it was like tammy yeah yeah oh dear fucking disturbing oh dear Mm -hmm. so far mm -hmm. so it becomes pretty clear that tammy is not going to just let this like affair go that sydney had even though Heather okay. actually ends the relationship. Heather's like, I'm okay. out. I'm done. Okay. Like, I thought you were can't leaving her. Um, I can't do this. And you have to remember, Heather at this point is 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So she's still like a baby. Mm-hmm. A little information about the Moors. Okay. Here we go. Um, Sydney Moore was born January 14th, 1976 in Somerville, South Carolina. Wait, okay. So in 2013, he he was 43? I think he was, like, when they started dating, like, about to be 40. Yeah, he was, like, a little 30-something. Which, ew, but, Like, 38, something like that. Okay. And Tammy, I believe, was around 40 as well. Okay. So they're essentially, like, in their 40s, pretty much. Um... He, in 1990, like, he grew up in, like, a picture-perfect American family. Like, he doesn't really have any criminal past or anything like that. Like, nothing that's, you know, okay. worth mentioning. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in 97, 1997, he leaves Somerville and heads to Myrtle Beach to find work. He starts working in the cool. maintenance scene of restaurants, and that is how he meets Tammy. Okay. And they, 
Tammy is born and raised in the Myrtle Beach area. So she's from there. Cute, cute. And they both had a love of music. And shortly after meeting, they get married. And he ends up just, like, cutting ties with with his family in Somerville. Which is kind of weird. It's a little red flag Because, like, he didn't have a reason. Yeah, 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 it's a little red flag. Weird. So we come to find out that, like, Tammy, she kind of ran the relationship. And she was a bit controlling. Okay. If you didn't figure that one out yet. They had three kids. And they lived in sort of, like, a compound. Um, it was, like, a dead-end street. It was secluded. So, like, yeah, like, you'll – on the documentary, you actually see, like, a photo of their house, and it's, like, gated, and it has, like, different, like, stru- building structures on it. Um, Weird. And it's just very secluded. Very secluded. Okay. Like, they don't have neighbors near them okay. and, like, stuff like that. Mm. So they actually ended up homeschooling their children because they traveled to Disney multiple times. Like, they were obsessed with Disney. <laughs> That's very common in Florida families. or people, Which is, like, kind of weird. I know. I have a couple I have a couple friends that are like yeah I have a couple friends that I follow on Instagram and they're like obsessed with Disney like they go like even now they're still going to the parks yeah 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 no I feel like it runs deep like (laughs) yeah yeah like I like Disney but I'm not crazy about it if I lived in Florida I would probably go all the time like but not South Carolina yep yeah. So he actually, um, like I said, started working in April of 2013 at Tilted Kilt. And he was 37 years old when they met. So that's kind of like their relationship right. and a little background info on Sydney Moore. So now we're going to get into, we're going to be kind of like going back and forth. But it's going to be revolving lie. pretty much between December 17th through the 19th. Yeah, I saw like photos and like I saw photos of him and I was like, really, Heather? I'm Googling. Really? Pictures. Like he just, Hold on. he just looks kind of like, Ugh. that's them? Yeah. Did you just do like the Moors, Heather Elvis? Like, yeah. Ew. And yeah, and Tammy, she looks controlling. She does not look like somebody. She you doesn't look fuck well. With. Good grief. Yeah. And then like if you look at a picture of Heather Elvis, like she's, you know, she looks cute. like an infant. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ooh, gross. Yeah, yeah poor thing. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna gonna go back between like December, between like December seventeenth and December nineteenth, because she went missing okay. December eighteenth, okay. like early in the morning. December eighteenth is the last time anyone ever heard from her. Okay. So December nineteenth, two thousand and thirteen. Here we go. Um, the, there's this place called Peachtree Landing and it's a rural and it's like a pretty small boat landing area and it's a few miles away from downtown. Okay. And like during the day it's kind of busy and has a few, you know, boats going in and out and people there. But like at night it's, there's nothing going on. Like there's no streetlights. Like it's super dark, super secluded. So it's like a great place to be if you're like not wanting anyone to know what you're doing. Got it. Okay. At around 9 p.m., a – I think it's like you say Horry, H-O-R-R-Y. I think you're Horry right, yeah. County. Horry County police officer, Kenneth Canterbury, which, like, that's a name. <laughs> that's a Canterbury. cute name, yeah. <laughs> Kenneth Canterbury. I love the last name. 
<laughs> Kenneth Canterbury. I know. I love the um the last name Canterbury. Yeah, it's cute. I just like feel like you like back in the day your parents owned like your ancestors owned like a castle in England. It sounds fancy, but like what are the Canterbury Tales? Aren't the Canterbury Tales a story about like a traveling like salesman? Doesn't isn't that what a Canterbury is? Like a traveling like merchant or something? I don't know. It probably was. <laughs> It probably was. It's they were probably though. like super poor, super poor. But it, it's cute. Nowadays, it sounds like a cute last sounds name. Sounds fancy, yeah. <laughs> sounds fancy to us. Enough to put a little fake British accent on there. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> so at around 9 p.m., Officer Canterbury responds to a call and about a suspicious vehicle. And he finds a green Dodge Intrepid. And the car is just parked like really weird. Like, it's across a few parking spots, like, diagonal. Like, it's mm. not, like... It's not parked. It's, like, purpose- pulled in. It's... Yeah. It's just, like, kind of, like, there. Like, Got someone it. just literally left it. Got it. And it had been there for, like, a day or so. And there's no blood, no signs of a struggle, no broken windows. It's just odd. Mm. It's just, like, uh, why is it parked like this? Mm-hmm. No one came back. So, like, of course, at this point, they're probably, like, worried that somebody got lost. Yeah, out yeah, in yeah, or yeah. Like that. That's yeah. true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, maybe someone took their boat out and just mm-hmm. bad things happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Canterbury runs the license plate, and it comes back, and it's registered to Terry Elvis. Okay. The officer goes to Terry's house, and they're like, "I assume this is her mother." Car? No, Terry is, is is the dad. Okay, this is her dad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Terry is the dad. Okay. So they ask if like. You missing a car? And he's like, no, all accounted for. And the officer's like, Canterbury's like, well, he tells him the make and the model of the car. And that's when Terry realizes it belongs to Heather, mm. his daughter. That's got to be his heart must have dropped all the way down to his ankles. Dropped. Like, good grief. Dropped. So they drive back to the landing. And like at this point, they're both looking at the car. And it's just kind of filled with, like, papers, receipts, and random things. And there's nothing that's showing, like, any foul play. And her dad just starts calling Heather's phone, and it's just going straight to voicemail, which is, like, odd for a 20-year-old girl in 2013. So Terry drives the car home, and the next day files a missing person's report. I bet he is panicking Mm -hmm. when she's not answering her phone. Mm. Yeah. I wouldn't be sleeping that night. Mm -mm. No, no. So they file a missing persons report the next day, and the parents do give the cops a tip that on December 17th, so two days prior, she had stopped by her parents' house and had mentioned that she had a date and that she needed to get ready for it. She said it was some, like the some new guy, and at like 9, 10 o'clock p.m. at night on the 17th, she sent a text message to her dad driving the guy's truck and the text message said, are you proud of me? I can drive a stick shift. And it's literally like a picture of her driving the truck. And she's like so happy, so excited. Like, yeah. So, of course. So they're calling him up. Oh, yeah. They're like, okay. Well, we got to talk to this Where'd dude. he go? <laughs> Where'd he go? Okay. Um, December 17th. So this is the day before she disappeared. Okay. That night, Heather went on a date with Stephen... Oh, Jesus, with the last name. You, people. this isn't even a you thing. I, good luck. Mm, <laughs> I don't even know how okay, to wait, I'm gonna give it. Okay, ready? <laughs> Sheraldi. Sheraldi? 
I Steven that's all I got. I don't know. We're just we're gonna call him Steven. Mm-hmm. Um, and like okay, I so said, he, I really she was have... on a date with someone not Sydney. See, I'm over here like, oh, she was mm-hmm. out with Sydney. This is somebody different. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is after she's broken up with this guy because like she had all the insanity with the wife. Yeah, she broke off the thing. Um, her relationship with Sydney. I want to say it was like sometime in November. Oh, so this is a while like, ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is like a month after she kind of like broke things off with Sydney. Okay. So she is going on a date with our friend Steven, and he's 22 years old. He was a line cook at Wicked Tuna, which is a restaurant. Okay. And they actually went to high school together, but they didn't really know each other. Um, according to Steven, he had reached out to Heather on social media and asked her out, and they went to a place called Bandito's. Okay. It's a Mexican restaurant. Cute. I, like, saw that, and I was like, oh, my God, I want Mexican mm-hmm. food so bad. Chips and salsa. I want some right now. I know, right? Oh, Moe's. Um, when you come back, we have to go to Moe's. I know you love Chipotle, but we have to go to no, Moe's. No, we have Moe's here. I mean, we have to go for, like, our own. For our reasons. Memory lane. <laughs> our memory lane trip. But well, trip down memory lane. There you go. When we were in college, but, there was, like, one restaurant, really, that we could go to, and mm-hmm. it was Moe's. So we were like always going that's to the Mo's. best queso. <laughs> yeah, their queso is like on a point. I they like have a most here. Oh, girl, I cannot wait for Chipotle. I've already decided for like the first like month, I'm having Chipotle at least three to five times a week. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's happened. We got it. We got you covered. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so after um dinner they go to a mall a mall parking lot and he teaches her how to drive his truck oh so that's when they took oh, the picture because the stick shift like she wanted to learn um the face i guess so, like got chelsea when, when she said he took her to a mall parking lot i was like what the fuck yeah but to learn how to, to practice driving i get it I get yep it. and that's when he took the picture of her okay and sent and she sent it to her dad yeah got it got it so they go back to his place. They watch a movie. He then takes her home, and she invites him in to, like, look around the apartment, and they kind of, like, make out for a little bit at the back door. Yeah, yeah. Then he leaves, and he goes home. And he lived with his mom at the time, and she confirmed his story and that he was home the rest of the night after he dropped her off. So the police cleared him. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, he had an alibi, and um, there really is no reason. yeah. To like the cops are like okay, like everything's checking She's good. out. Good, yeah, I got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the police start to kind of look further into Heather's life, and they go to her apartment and they start looking around. And the same thing, it's like messy, but nothing's showing that a crime or struggle happened there. Okay. They put a request in for her cell phone records at this time. So this is like December, like nineteenth, twentieth, around that time. Okay. They put in a request for her cell phone records. And they search the car again, hoping to find maybe, like, DNA or fibers, but they can't find anything. Mm. So they go back to the landing. They're kind of looking around and nothing. Like, they're not finding anything. It's like she just vanished. Mm. Something. So the police mm. go to Tilted Kilt, and they speak to her manager, Jessica. Okay. And she should just suggest that they should reach out to Sydney more. <laughs> yeah, because she saw those text messages. <laughs> Yeah, because, like, everyone knew that they were in a relationship and that Tammy was not happy about it. And Tammy was not going to let it go. So the, so they, so the people yeah. that she worked with knew that she and Sydney were dating. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All they right. knew. They Good. knew. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
So the police actually call Sydney. And at first, he, like, denies having talked to her recently. But eventually, he does say that he talked to her the other night and to tell her to stop contacting him. Oh, likely story. Yeah. So the officer is like, what the fuck? Something isn't right. And sends another officer to his house to kind of, like, check out his story again. Okay. When the officer arrives, Sydney admits that they were in a relationship, but he ended it back in November and is back with Tammy, his wife. Mm-hmm. He did reach out to her early morning on December 18th to tell her to leave him alone and that she was leaving notes on his truck. I don't believe that. Mm-mm. So the officers asked, like, what he was doing the night of the 18th, of December 18th, and he said he was asleep and handcuffed to the bedpost by his wife as punishment for having his affair and only she had the key. Oh, that sounds like a real convenient story there, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, and the police, like, on the voice recording in the on the ID special, like, literally the cop goes, something's not adding up. That's right. Sure like, isn't. something's off. Mm-hmm. Like, their, their in, like, uh, intuition is, like, red flag, red flag, alarms are going off, but they don't have anything. They, they can't just, like, barge in and, like, do anything about right. it. So at this point, they're kind of, like, keeping them up. Sydney on their radar, but they can't really do anything, like I said. So the police then go to speak to Brie Coltzer, okay, her roommate and best friend. And she was back home in New Jersey at the time that Heather went missing. And at 1.44 a.m., Heather calls her hysterically crying and says that Sydney just called her and said that he just left his wife and he wants to see, like, he wants to see Heather and wants to be with Heather. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Bree is like, girl, do not go. Like, why are you going to put yourself through this? Like, take a second and just sleep on it. Yeah, smart. Wisdom. <laughs> yep. Wisdom. Mm-hmm. So police tracked down his, like, his this phone call that was made. And um, that she had with Sydney. And it traces back to a payphone at a gas station that was, like, near the landing in their house mm-hmm. and was made in the middle of the night. Like, so someone went out of their way to go to a payphone at a gas station in the middle of the night instead of using their cell phone. Weird. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, like, it's tra- – yeah, and that, that's, that's supposed to be the call that Sydney made. Right. So why would she, like mm, – okay. Okay, I'm going to keep listening. I'm going to keep listening. So please go to that gas station. And this is, like, amazing when I heard this. The gas station still has a surveillance footage from that night. No way. Which is, like, yeah, everyone knows. It's not, like. (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) Hallelujah. I think, like, every, I know, I think, like, every true crime podcast and, like, podcaster, they were, like, have said, like, why do we not have better surveillance? Because they cameras? tape over it like a second, mm-hmm. like, like within an hour. It's like the next over. day. <laughs> and it's like shitty footage, too. And yes. you're just like, what? Then what's the point? What's the what point? is the point? <laughs> Anyways. But not these guys, people. I was like, when I. These people oh, no, watched their true that, crime I documentaries. Gassed. They were like, we're getting quality mm-hmm. camera and we're keeping that shit for up to a week. <laughs> well, okay. It isn't the best quality, but at least it, they had it recorded. So okay, okay, you know. But you can actually see a male making the call and what kind of clothing he was wearing. And 
Like, the police kind of get the feeling like it's Sydney. So at this point, they bring Sydney in for more questioning because then now it's kind of circumstantial evidence. Like, yep. it looks like him, and it kind of looks like the clothing he would be wearing. So they bring him in, and they ask if he made any calls from other phones, and he says no. Liar. Yeah. They then ask if he made a call from a payphone, and he says no again. Mm-hmm. And the detectives are like, dude, we have video of you making the call to Heather. Now we know so you're like, a liar. why don't you start talking? Yeah. Yeah. He then admits, yeah, I did call her from the payphone. They start to ask him about Peachtree Landing, and he said he had been there before, like numerous times, but it's been at least a year or so. And he also talks about how during that night of the 18th, he and Tammy were going to different parking lots and having sex to try to like save their marriage. Ew. Yeah, it's disgusting. I mean, no, listen, if that's if that's your jam and you and your spouse get down to that yeah, together guess, yeah. consensually, rock on with your badass selves. But this guy's a piece of shit, so ew. Yeah, and his <laughs> wife's not that much better. So is she. So, so that's why we're dragging him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, like, he gives them the statement, but they can't really do anything. It's just, like, one of those things where police are like, all right, thanks for, you know, giving us your statement mm. and answering our questions, but we don't really have anything but, like – Definitely keeping an eye on you. Like, okay. definitely something. You ha- you know a lot more than what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they have their suspicions, and they put a lot of pressure on the Moors. They go to their house, but they don't have a search warrant at the time. But Tammy is home and gives them permission to enter the house and the property and kind of, like, take a look around. Because they don't have a search warrant, though, Tammy can tell them what they can look at and what they can't. Okay. And they can't take anything. Yep, yep. They take pictures, and they ask if they can look in the F-150, the truck Sydney said he was driving the night of Heather's disappearance. And Tammy said she didn't have the keys. Mm-hmm. Which to me is, like, super weird that she's so controlling and, like, punishing him but wouldn't have the keys to his car. Yeah, no, there's – and there's always an to extra his set truck. of keys. I have an extra set to my yeah. husband's car. Like, he has an extra set to mine yeah. just in case. Yeah. So it's definitely, like, a little weird. Mm-hmm. So as the detectives are, like, looking around, they kind of notice there's actually a surveillance system in the house. But they Perfect. don't take pictures of it, and they don't let Tammy know that they spotted it. So they're right. trying to, like, pretend like they don't see it because right, they right, don't right. want Tammy to go and mess with it. Right. They're like, oh, that's I guess, um, I guess that's all we can do today. We well, not, yeah, yeah, we don't need go. anything else. Got it, got it. So on December 23rd, they came back with a search warrant. And, of course, though, their surveillance system that they had is completely different when they come back. Oh, damn it. There is nothing prior to December 21st at the time. So the detectives are like, huh, that's even weirder because if you have a surveillance system Proving your alibi yeah. for the 17th and 18th, why would you get rid of it? Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you just be like, I actually have proof. Here you go. Right. Now yeah. leave me alone. Okay. Yeah. So now they're really like, okay. Putting the pressure on. They're like, you're not going to get away with Something this. Something like, oh. Okay. So at this point, though, the Moore family, a.k.a. Tammy, goes on the offense and she goes online and starts bad mouthing Heather on Facebook. Good grief. Calling her okay, this girl's missing. Yeah. Calling her a psycho whore. 
She writes that her husband has been banging a hoe in the back seat. And she also is like, she also mentions that like she had a boyfriend of her own for a couple of years. So she doesn't like really care. Obviously you do. And also like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you five? I know. I know. Good grief. Like, like if she, and like Heather had ended the relationship. Yeah. So at this point it's like, yeah, it's over. Weren't you guys just driving around and having sex in various parking lots to try and like, I I don't know, do exciting things in your marriage? It just like blows my mind. Hmm, don't like it. Um, so finally, finally, the detectives receive the full requested data from Heather's cell phone. Okay. So after the payphone call and the call with Bree, the phone records show that at 3.38 a.m., Heather reaches out to Sydney. She's at Peachtree Landing. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple more, like, calls. Like, she'd called Sydney multiple times when she was at Peachtree Landing. And at 3.42, the phone goes dead. So a citizen, also at this time, reaches out to the police and pretty much is like, hey, if he did go to Peachtree Landing, he's going to be on my video surveillance. Like, his vehicle is going to be on my camera because I'm right there. Like, I can see the road. Okay. And, like, where he lives, he has to pass my house to get to Peachtree Landing. So they take a look at the the uh, video and they see a vehicle like an F one fifty coming from the Moore's house and coming back from Peachtree Landing. They gotcha. So February twenty first of two thousand and fourteen, they get another search warrant and police like swarm at the Moore's property. And there was just, like, rotten food everywhere. The kids' bedrooms are disgusting. There's animal droppings. It's just, like, a hot mess. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it wasn't like that when they were there before. Right? What the hell? So, like, something's going on. Mm -hmm. But this is when they were able to collect a lot of evidence. Computers, handguns, shotguns. And they were able to look at the F-150. But you have to remember, like, this is, like, almost two months after she went – more than two months after she went missing. Yeah. Yeah. So they had two months to get rid of evidence. Yeah. They also have an arrest warrant for Sydney and Tammy. Nice. They were charged on February 24th for the murder and kidnapping of Heather. And they're going to be tried, tried separately, and Sydney will go first. This makes me a little bit so, nervous, I'm not going to lie. Because, I mean, I know they have some evidence, but, like, it's not it's not a hook, line, and sinker kind of situation. No. And it's circumstantial. Mm-hmm. And they do say they, like, they, they're like, I was just going to get to that. Jimmy Richardson is the lead prosecution attorney for the case. And they're like, this case has a lot of circumstantial evidence. And Nancy Livesay was a senior member of the team, and she kind of, like, ru- leads the case. Okay. And they do say that, like, if you have a circumstantial case, if you don't have a body, you better have a lot of physical evidence. Yeah, yeah. That cannot be explained away. Yeah. This is – can everything can be explained away. Everything is circumstantial. So this is, like, a case that is, like, whew. I know. Man, let's see what you guys do. I know. So Sydney hires Kirk Truslow, a top defense attorney. And this case was one of the first high-profile cases in South Carolina where social media was a huge part of it. Mm. Um, people are going online to harass Heather's family, oh, and no. people are harassing the Moors. At one point, Heather's father, while taking out the trash, gets shot at. What the fuck? 
But the, I know, but the bullets hit the trash can. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Calm down. Yeah. I know. It's a little intense. And then also Sydney is like going to the media and is just talking about how he's being harassed. Blah, 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 blah. Cry, uh, cry, cry. Uh, like very, yeah. Romance. So March 10th, 2016, the murder charge against Heather gets dropped Ooh. on them. Mm-hmm. So again, um, innocent until proven guilty. The murder charge against Heather has been dropped because there's not enough physical evidence since yeah. they don't have a body yeah. to charge them with murder. But they thought they had enough to keep the kidnapping charge. Okay. So June 20th, 2016, my birthday, the trial of Sydney Moore starts. I'm nervous, Chelsea. I'm nervous. Yeah, it's, it gets a little wild. The prosecution is pretty much going on the idea that, that in this case, there's no one else who could have done this but them. Okay. So they use how the, like, the paid phone call to prove it was kidnapping because it was using trickery to get Heather out of her house and to get her away from her home. Okay. So that's what ki- like that's the definition of like kidnapping is you're using trickery to take somebody. Okay. At least in the state of like Calif- of uh, Cal- not California, South Carolina. Okay. Um. So the defense though starts and is pretty much like you don't have anything because there is no crime scene. No struggle. And just because Sydney was in the area doesn't mean anything. Which honestly is fair. Yeah, it is fair. It's very fair. The state wasn't proving how they kidnapped her, where they took her, or anything. So this is like the defense. The state calls their first witness, and it's Jessica, the manager. And she tells them that Heather thought she was pregnant. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. She had to, like, get a bigger size for her bra and kilt for work. And Jessica was, like, joking and was like, oh, better watch out. You better not be pregnant. And Heather was like, I think I might be pregnant. Oh, no. Oh, no. So they took a test, and it came back, inclus- like, inconclusive because they don't think they, like, she peed enough on it. Okay. Because you do have to get, like, a, a decent amount. Yeah, you got to saturate that shit. Yeah. So they don't think she, like, peed enough on it. But Heather was, was like, she just didn't want to take a new one. Like, I think she was probably scared to see the results. Yeah, sounds like it. Yeah. So this is kind of like a bombshell because now it's like, oh, we have a motive. Mm-hmm. So now the state is, like, is showing that because if Heather is pregnant, she is going to be in Tammy and Sydney's lives for much, much longer than an affair. Yep. yep. So the state calls a video forensic expert, Grant Fredericks, and at the time, no one in South Carolina had ever used a video forensic expert. Huh. Which, like, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Learn something new. Cool. So Fredericks uses something called headlights spread pattern analysis. Ha ha Okay. Ha ha. Essentially, it shows how the headlights on any vehicle strikes the roadway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Fredericks essentially eliminates that the headlights could be any other truck besides the f-150 okay nice and the defense kind of like questions fredericks and pretty much is like it's junk science because i guess at the time it hasn't been like peer-reviewed and it kind of like starts to put that doubt in the mind of the jury it does if all you have is headlights it's still circumstantial i know it does like what if it was just some psycho serial killer who was also driving an Mm f-150 yeah Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm 
So June 21st, Amelia Bathia, that is, Amelia Bathia. That's a name. Amelia Bathia. That's a name. That's a name. (laughs) Takes the stand. I feel like you can just like sing her name. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. And she is with the State Law Enforcement Division and has a video surveillance of Sydney the night of Heather's disappearance. Where from? So Sydney did tell the police that the night she disappeared, he stopped at a local Walmart. They have him on camera, but he's and he's buying a pregnancy test and a cigar type like cigarette. And the state is like, uh, this is interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So the pregnancy test was purchased at 1:21 a.m. on the 18th. And then he called Heather at the payphone at 1.33 a.m. Oh, there's some good shit right there. Yep. So Sydney does not testify in court, but he did go on the local news after the video was shown. Oh, in my court. God. He cl- yeah. He claims it was for his wife and she was in the vehicle and the test was negative. Right. Whatever. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, come on. So the state gives their closing argument, and pretty much they believe that he buys the test, calls Heather to meet him at Peachtree Landing. Heather goes, and she calls him multiple times. He arrives, she gets in the truck, and is never seen again. Sounds legit. Mm -hmm. The defense starts to put it out there that Tammy is more involved in this than Sydney. Because it's so dark and isolated at Peachtree Landing at 3.30 in the morning, you wouldn't be able to see right away who was driving the truck until you get in. Okay. Okay. So it could be Tam. So Tammy could have been driving the truck. Yeah. Since she had a lot of the motive. Yeah. And the jury deliberated for nine hours, and they could not decide on a verdict, and a mistrial was declared against Sydney. God damn it. (sighs) So that's frustrating because now they have to, like, do it all over Redo the whole trial. Yep. Mm-hmm. So October 9th, 2018, it's Tammy's trial. Okay. And the state has even less evidence on Tammy. Yeah, no kidding. The prosecution team has a new member whose name is Chris Helms, and he kind of, like, delivers the opening statement. Because he knew it was a circumstantial case, he let it know, like be known in the jury's head that it's okay that this is a circumstantial case. It is okay that it's circumstantial. Smart. Okay. Because usually, like, that's the thing we always hear. It's like, it's circumstantial. You can't use it. Yeah. It's not going to hold up in a court of law. Like, here he's saying, like, we understand this. But there's no one else in her life that would have done this. And what are the chances? Yeah. Like, you said that a serial killer is just roaming around. And, like, With just that same, same car, night. That exact same night. Exact same car. Co- yeah. time frame after the phone call was made. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay. Mm-hmm. That was smart. That was really smart of him. So Tammy had hired Greg McCollum, McCollum to represent her. And Greg goes on the theory that the state is coming after her because they need a scapegoat. They need to have somebody to pin this on because it was such a high-profile case. So the prosecution calls Jacob Melton to testify, and he was a friend of the Moore family, and he spent a lot of time with them. And he mentioned that he saw Sydney with a fresh tattoo of Tammy's name on his lower front waist. I don't what what does that even mean? So he had heard Tammy say, if you hadn't messed with that girl, this wouldn't have been happening. <gasps> 
So it's another punishment. So they're trying to show that like Tammy was very oh, controlling shit. and she yes. she's the one that was in charge of this because she's the one that's in control, not him. Yikes. Okay. Oof. Yuck. They yeah. Yeah. So they also call Donald D. Marino, who is Tammy's cousin. And he was a, at a barbecue at the Moore's house. And Sydney actually shows him a photo of Heather. And they actually wouldn't allow it to be described in open court because it was so disturbing. Oh. Um, but the state asks if it looks like Heather could walk or talk in the picture. And he said no. Mm. And if he expected anyone to hear from Heather again, ever again, and Donald says no. Oh, dear. Sydney said he took the picture to prove that he had done what he agreed to do. But they could never physically find the photo. But it's it's a huge witness testimony. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, it's still important. Yeah. So, of course, though, the defense, like, tries to show that Donald's unreliable because he's a drug user. Of course. And that he um, lies. And he actually starts breaking down in court. Like crying? Um, pretty much like in the documentary ID has, it shows like the uh, defense attorney being like, have you ever lied to your mother? And he was like, no. And they're like, well, what about this one time? And he was like, you're not listening to me. Like you're missed, you know, you're turning my words yeah, around type deal. Yeah, and yeah. kind of like shows that like he's not the most reliable witness. So Tammy actually takes a stand yeah. nine days later. And to anyone out there, this is not recommended. No. <laughs> if you're ever being charged of a crime no, don't take the stand yeah. yeah always ask for a lawyer and don't talk okay. yeah don't take the stand yep so she plays a sympathy card and she starts crying and she kind of is trying to come across as a victim while her mm. attorney is questioning her so when the prosecution gets to question her they start questioning her character and how she harassed heather and it shows like ah. that and she starts getting yeah, pissed. Like Tammy's like getting angry and you can see it in her face and the way her her whole like demeanor changes. So it shows yes. the jury that she does have the side of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So during like the closing arguments, the state actually uses Disney against Tammy and they compare Heather as Snow White and Tammy, the evil queen. I thought that was mm. kind of funny. Like, to use, like, Disney. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, they love Disney. <laughs> like, they did love their Disney. So after three hours of deliberating, the jury finds Tammy guilty of kidnapping. Yes! She was sentenced to 30 years on kidnapping and 30 years of conspiracy of kidnapping, but to be served at the same time. So essentially only okay. 30 years. Okay. Okay, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. So... September 2019 is the retrial of Sydney. 2019. So he's not retried mm. until three years later. Damn. Yep. Which, like, I think retrials take take longer because you have to have, I believe, like, new evidence or something like no, that. No, yeah, it's normal, but it just seems long, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, this poor – Heather's poor family has not gotten any – hardly any answers or any information. Exactly. About what happened to their daughter. Exactly. And their sister. Yep. So they introduce one piece of new evidence. And remember how the detectives saw the Moore's first surveillance camera mm -hmm. and then they replaced it with a new system yep. before they came back? Yep. Well, the new system had some pretty important evidence. Two days after Heather goes missing, because they thought like 
So literally the day that they like changed out the surveillance system, mm-hmm. pretty much, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it shows Tammy, Sydney, and her sister, and Tammy's sister and her sister's boyfriend bringing in groceries and then cleaning the F one fifty for hours. Mm. 30 minutes in cleaning the truck, Sydney starts a burn pile and starts to burn the rags they are cleaning with. There it is. Mm-hmm. There it mm-hmm. is. So the jury comes back and they find Sydney guilty of kidnapping and conspiracy. Nice. It only took an hour and a half, and the judge sentenced him to 30 years as well, which is the max. There it is. Bye-bye. Yep. So, yep, where are they now? So Sydney and Tammy actually had the option to come forward with information in regards to Heather's disappearance in exchange for a lesser sentence. But in September of 2020, the deadline passed, and they both did not give any other information. Wow. The South Carolina Court of Appeals has denied Sydney's appeal to overturn his sentence. He claimed that the court denied his request for a direct, directed verdict. I don't know. And he's still in jail. Good. I couldn't find out which jail he's serving at, but I'm assuming it's like the state, South Carolina, like state jail. Okay. Okay. Um, Tammy is serving her sentence at the Leah Correctional Institution in Greenwood. Okay. And the attorney for Tammy and Sydney is planning on filing a civil lawsuit in, this was February of 2020. Yeah. We'll see how well that went. <laughs> I know, right? Heather's family continues to fight for Heather. In June of 2020, they held an event on her birthday to honor Heather and to help families build their own child identification kit. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So they constantly, they have like, um, they have a Facebook page called Find Heather Elvis and they're constantly posting on it. And if you have any information in regards to the disappearance of Heather, please contact the Horry County Police at 843-915-5350. Because she's she's still missing. Yeah. And she is presumed dead. Yeah. Damn. That is the case of Heather Elvis. I'm glad they're in jail. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. I mean, it sucks because I have a feeling what they're going to do is serve their 30 years and then just get out, you yeah. know? But you um, know what? Hopefully they'll but, be you know, too old to do But, you know, a lot can happen anything. in 30 years. Yeah, and they'll be too old to hurt anybody else. Well, Yeah. Because they were probably like, you know, 40s. So they're early 40s when they go in. They're going to be like 70 almost. Yeah. But still, and like within those 30 years, hopefully, you know, Heather is found. I hope so. That sucked. Yeah. So her family can have the peace and and have the opportunity to lay her to rest. Put her to rest. Mm -hmm. Damn. Yeah. So, do you think they did it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I know. Yeah, they did. Monsters. Yeah. 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 I. Uh, I just. Yeah. I just feel so bad. I know. But uh, on our Facebook discussion page, we will put the like. I'll have a link to the information that you can um, reach out to if you know anything about the disappearance of Heather. Um, and then also we'll have all the links um, on the uh, podcast notes. Um, mm-hmm. And you can come find us in our discussion group, which is a thousand true crimes podcast discussion group on Facebook. And 
on Instagram at a thousand true crimes podcast. Follow us. We'll drop any like news. Um, Chelsea and I are thinking about like maybe doing some some live moments in some of these places, but we got to have enough followers that seem interested. So get in there. Yeah. Let us know if you're interested. Yes, please. And if you um, have any information that I missed or anything, please let me know. Positive reviews would be greatly appreciated. Yeah, um, give us a like, give us a follow, give us a share. Anything positive. No, we have no room for negativity Negativity in this year of 2021. Not in 2021. Um, no, leave that negative shit in 2020. Bye, girl. Uh, <laughs> so, Joe, what's your weekly win? I get to go back to work tomorrow, which I know sounds lame, but I, like, miss my babies so much. Like, I just, like, literally, we've had these conversations about how I'm one of those people who I just want to eat babies. So mm-hmm. I literally just want to, like, pick them up and just, like, eat their faces. I'm like, oh, I just, <laughs> I miss them. It's been three weeks. I haven't seen them for three weeks, and my heart hurts. So I am so excited Aww. to see my, my girls tomorrow. Yay. What about you? What's um, your weekly win? That you survived. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I survived quarantine, so I'm happy. <laughs> yeah. Finally. We won't, be on a, we won't be on a true crime podcast for murder, so we're good. How was your hike? How was it? <laughs> Did you see anything beautiful? No, 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 no. It was just, like, around um, this protected, like, marsh. Aw, I mean, It was beautiful cute. to Hawaii, but, but, you know, we Baby B is walking now, and, yeah. Some of the hikes in Hawaii can be a little bit dangerous. Yeah, no kidding. So we have to make sure everything's very, like, no high elevation, like, all that stuff. Like, <laughs> Wait, no high what? What is it called? Elevation? What is it called? Elevation. <laughs> elevation. <laughs> Don't worry, I what did I say? <laughs> elevation. Elevation. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Evolution. That's a word though, right? Well, join I know. Join us for the next episode. Yeah, tune in next week, you guys. And until then, <laughs> stay safe. Don't get murdered. Please. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.